Amen. Well, today we're starting a brand new series, Kingdom Vibes. I am so excited. You know, there are a lot of vibes that we send, right? I think today is more prominent than ever. You see it everywhere. Good vibes only, right? Only good vibes when you come around me. Positive vibes only in this house. You know, you have, we, we post it everywhere. We live by the motto. Make sure you are only sending out good vibes. Good vibes, positive vibes. I wrote down some vibes here. We got some encouraging vibes. We got judgment vibes. You ever felt those? Mm-hmm. When people call you the, the, something across the room, you could feel it. You got weird vibes. Any women in the, in the building can relate. You, you have to get those weird vibes coming at you. Creepy vibes. You got creepy vibes coming. Hurtful vibes. Those can happen too. Church vibes, you know, when you got the, that person that's like oversaved. And like everything's a, a churchy's thing. The church vibes, he sends those out. You got hangry vibes. Anybody else in the house? You feel the hangry vibes? We can send out a lot of vibes. And I think if we focus in as Christians as sending out good vibes or positive vibes, we just want to make positive vibes in the world, we are going to 100% miss the mark of what God called us to do. If we're not focused on sending kingdom vibes. There's a difference between good vibes, positive vibes, encouraging vibes, all these good feeling vibes. And there's a difference between that and kingdom vibes. And Jesus came to mark the difference because it's not all about good. It's not all about just being positive. If that were the case, then we'd have a world that was better, right? Because everybody's focused on that. Everybody's focused on sending good vibes and being good If that were the case, then we wouldn't have to be here as a church. But the difference that Jesus wanted to make in all Christ's followers is that we weren't just sending good vibes. We weren't just sending great vibes. We were transforming the moment by sending kingdom vibes, vibes that transform. Now, I love the word vibe, and I looked it up because I'm like, what are we saying? When we say vibes, what are we actually saying? What are these things we're sending out? You know, everybody's talking vibes. I'm sending vibes. I've never heard of vibes, you know, until today. I'm like, all right, vibes, vibe, vibes. Vibes is something that you send out and you can feel in the atmosphere. Okay, so it's something that you feel in the moment, in the room. When you're with somebody, we all can't explain it. But as soon as someone sends bad vibes, how many know it's very prominent and easy to hone in on right away? Like, oh, that person's had a bad day. They got cut off. They were out of the caramel macchiato at Starbucks, and they didn't get their extra caramel drizzle. And so they're sending bad vibes. I mean, it's from moment one that you meet them. You're like, dear Lord, somebody caffeinate them. Somebody caffeinate them in the Holy Spirit. Let them be drenched in Jesus' name. You just know it. And you can't explain it, but it's these vibes that come out of our life. Did you know that the essence of your life comes out when you're squeezed? And in this season, maybe some of you have been squeezed. Maybe you have family members that have been squeezed. And so you you have these vibes coming out of your life. And I want to focus in on the next few weeks here as we're at Punchline and really focus in on how do we as change makers, how do we as Christ followers, how do we as those that love God and want change in our world, how many want change in your world? I want to change my, my atmosphere where I am. Man, my, my, God has broken our hearts for our neighborhood that we moved into. Dear Lord, when we moved there, 
you know, it was in the middle of chaos, and our life was just uh, kind of all over the place. We were doing an event, and everything was going on in our home, so we were like, we have to move, and it was just this crazy space, and only God knew that he was moving us exactly where we needed to be to encounter those who needed kingdom vibes. And the vibes that when you feel them, not only do you feel them and say, ooh, they're good or bad, but kingdom vibes are different because kingdom vibes transform the moment. Kingdom vibes, when you send them out, they actually have the power to transform and give life to where there are dead things. We actually have the power as Christ followers to send vibes out that, that actually transform the moment. So I want to talk all about how are we as change makers going to transform our worlds, transform our families, transform our homes, and step into a place of power and authority. How many, how many want to see your prayers answered this month? We're going to see powerful prayers affect our world, affect those in our lives. We're going to transform it because we are the ones that God has called to send out these vibes. Are you ready? We're going to talk all about prayer. I'm going to talk about the power of prayer, true believers. But more than that, I want to talk to you about the posture and the preparation that we have to do as Christ followers in order to step into a place of power. Now today, you know, I know there are mixed messages. I mean, especially when you look at at the different preachers online and, and today is so accessible. There's so much content to consume But I know there's mixed messages about our miracles for today. Are are signs and wonders something that happen today? Is that something that we should be expecting? Are we just to pray for the sick and just hope? Are we just to step into a place of, of this like gap and just wait on God? And I wanna just look at scripture and pull apart what God says about those spaces of faith when you need faith, when you have the gap where he has to show up because how many know it's, it's not us that send the kingdom vibes that transform. It's actually God through us. And so I want to talk about that. The power that we have to not just come in and pray over something, but actually to come in with authority to send kingdom vibes. It's an intentional sending out. It's intentional transforming the moment. And we don't have to step before God and beg, but we're going to step into a place of belief and go after and see God move on our behalf. Amen? It's a life empowered. So how do you know the difference? Uh, the definition, here's my definition of someone who sends kingdom vibes. It's a life that sends kingdom vibes is one where the power and nature of God is released out of one's life as to be felt by those in proximity of that person, okay? So basically, dumb down, you're like, that was a lot of big words. I know. Here's the definition. The power of God is working through you, and others feel it. It transforms the moment. It changes things in the atmosphere. It changes things that are circumstantial, that when you step in, something is at a blockade, and when you leave, the blockade is gone. It's the kingdom vibes. It's where you come into a place of chaos and you cause it to be calm. It's a space where someone's believing for something to happen and you step in and make the step into where the supernatural takes place. Jesus shows us this example of what it looks like to be a Christian. And when you study the life of Jesus, you see every person that he came in contact with left different. 
And if you want to step back and say, you know, am I sending out kingdom vibes? The, one of the biggest things you can ask yourself right from the start, I, I encourage you to write this down. Are people different when they leave me? I mean, we can sit on that all day, right? We can, we can shout from the mountaintop, God is our God. We have the power. There's no one like him. We can do all these things and say all these things. But when it all comes down to reality, when we, when we just put it all on the table, when you step into a situation, does it change? When you step in to pray, when someone comes to you and says, hey, I need prayer. Are you coming in and saying, all right, let's change this? Because when you look at the life of Jesus, and we have to study him because he's the example. When God wanted to give us an example of how to live, he sent his son wrapped in, right? It was the divinity wrapped in flesh. He said, here you go. Here's how to walk on the earth. And we have to look at the Jesus and every person. The Bible says that when he prayed for the sick, all were healed. When he came into someone's life, and we see personal examples of the woman with the issue of blood who came to Jesus and was healed in an instant. And for 12 years, all the doctors, physicians had given her all these medicines and treatments, and nothing had worked because good vibes wasn't enough. There are some situations that the, the medicine and treatment can't handle, and it has to come to supernatural. Now, praise God for medicine. I'm so thankful for great physicians especially to live in a city with great hospitals. I mean, my kids were in CHOP. I am thankful for good doctors and good nurses. But there comes a point where there's something that cannot be done, and it's in that moment that the kingdom reality has to take place. It's the supernatural through you that has to take place. So how do we step into this? Jesus calls us to the same life of releasing that kingdom on earth. And so we have to dive into scripture and look at what does that look like? I remember in, in college, uh, I, had, I had a best friend, and he was uh, Samoan. I, 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 you have to understand something about me. I love life. I love sound. I love loudness. And when they, I moved into college, I loved everything about life. Like, you know, my motto is like, laugh. Laugh at life, Right? And so when I moved there, I had a roommate, and we moved in together, and he was um, not so into life and loud and sound and all that stuff. And I don't know if they thought, maybe we'll put opposites together, and it'll work. They'll balance each other out. They'll compromise, you know, come to a middle point. That was not the case. I came in, met the guy. We we're like, yeah, let's do this thing, man. And he was like, hey, I think we should go to bed around 8 I think 8 o'clock should be a good bedtime. And I said, ah, whoa, no. Um, you know, I, I, let's talk about this. Let's compromise because, honestly, I think nighttime is a great time to, like, connect with people. You know, you're studying all day. You're working, blah, 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 blah. And nighttime's like, you get to party. You get to laugh with people, love on people, and just have, have life in your room. So what if we compromise a little bit and we, we go to, like, 10? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 10. How about nine? Anyways, so we all, all, all down to where my room became the party room. And I'm so sorry, dear Lord, forgive me for, you know, stepping over boundaries maybe and hurting feelings. Um, but the Lord is working on his heart. So actually they moved him out of my room and I became the party room. Okay. So just the moral of the story, I love life. But everywhere I went, I loved to love on people. 
And I found out really quickly that my floor in my college was a floor where the parents were sending their kids to college to get saved. I mean, it was a Bible college, and people were there to, to study ministry, and there was plenty of people for that. But I think there was one floor that they said, this is the floor we'll put all the kids that need salvation and need Christ. And so they put it all on the floor, and I was on that floor. <laughs> I grew up in the Bible Belt. I mean, I grew up with parents that were, uh, you know, ministers, and we, we grew up pastoring a church, and my, my parents were in ministry all my life. So that's all I knew. So when I went to college, it was like bubble burst, right? It was like, wow, the world is crazy. And I step into this zone and I'm just realizing as I'm talking to people and finding out their stories and finding out where they're from and hearing all the things, I'm like, wow, there's so much going on that needs Christ. I mean, there's so many situations that need Jesus. I remember one night in particular, um, I, was, I was in my room and somebody came to me and said, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to change his name just for, for privacy's sake. But he said, Bobby is in his room and he needs you. He needs you. And so we all came into the room. And Bobby was sitting there crying, just weeping. And he, had, he was talking about his brother that had literally been shot by the gangs that he ran in Samoa. And I walk into this room in this moment. And it's like, whoo, heavy. It's a heavy moment. I remember having a conversation with him and just saying, man, right now in this moment, there is nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to heal it. You have to be in the arms of the Father. I remember praying in that sweet moment. And it was beautiful. The presence of God filled that room. We just had a moment. And I don't even know if, if Bobby was saved at the time. I don't think he was. But we had a moment with God. And I didn't find out till afterwards. Because in the moment, it was just like, you know, it was a good moment. We prayed and all. I didn't find out till afterwards when he came to me later. And he said, hey, I don't know if you know this, but that moment that we prayed in that space, he said, I was so full of peace. He said, in that moment, I felt arms around me, hugging me. He said, I actually looked around and said, who's around me? He said, nobody was. And they said, you prayed. You said, Father, wrap your arms around him, encounter him right now. Let him feel the tangible presence of God. He said, I don't know if you know this, but I was encountered that day. I'll never be the same. He actually called me years later. Say, hey, I gave my heart to God, went back to my, my, uh, my island, and I, I quit my gang. And actually, my, my guys are now getting saved because of my ministry, because I'm reaching out to the urban community. And I say that all to say this. What's inside of you can transform everything around you. And what's inside of you, if it transforms, becomes something that introduces you and brings you into and welcomes you into spaces where God can move through you. I want to look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And he says this, he says, in verse 20, write it down, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Now I want to break that down because we read this and there's two parts to this that we have to understand. Number one, we serve a God, he says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So we serve a God who is above all we can ask or imagine. How many dreamers do I have in the place? I'm a dreamer. My wife's a dreamer. I married a dreamer. 
My kids, they are crazy dreamers. We have a staff full of dreamers. Our team is dreamers. I look around this room, there's a lot of you. You're dreamers. You can dream big. But, but Paul wanted to put something down. He said, hey, listen, we serve a God who can do more than you could ever ask or imagine. I mean, think of the biggest thought, the biggest thing you're praying for and believing for. He can do more. So that's what you understand the power that we tap into is greater than what you can ever think or imagine or comprehend right now. And then he goes on. This is the second part. This is what you have to realize as one who sends kingdom vibes. He said, more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that's at work within us. So there's the two parts. You have all this power that's going on beyond all that we could ask or imagine or think and all the churches out there that we're praying for, our city and our world and all the things that we want God to do and move in and heal. And some of you have, have uh, things in your life, you have people in your life that are sick and you're praying for healing. Some of you, you're, you're facing financial uh, issues like you've never faced before. And you're looking for either a new position or a new job. You're, you're praying, God, move. I mean, these are big prayers you're praying. You're praying big prayers. And he says, hey, listen, you serve a God who can do above and beyond all of that, but it's according to the power that's at work within us, within us. So therefore, we realize that all of the miracle signs and wonders have to come through a conduit. They have to come through a channel, and the channel is you. Ooh, look at your neighbor say, it's you. It's you. His work has to be within us. So how do we get the power to work in our lives? How do we become the ones who are sending kingdom vibes? Here's a couple questions I want to ask from the start. Because I think one of the things we, we need to talk about more in church and in the Christ community, just as we talk to one another and individuals, is the, is the posture and position of power. Because I think a lot of times we do, we do talk about power of prayer and power in our God and he can do all things. And yes, that is absolutely true. But there is a position that we must be in as Christ followers in order to tap into the power. Tap into the power. So here's, here's some questions to ask yourself, and then we're going to answer them as we go here, okay? Number one, what is blocking the power from working in your life? And you can just put that for you. What is blocking the power from working in my life? We're going to answer it in just a sec here. But that's something you have to deal with, okay? Because when we read the scriptures and we see Jesus moving and healing everybody, and he says, I have all authority, and now I've given it to you. I've gone to my Father, and I send you the Holy Spirit to empower you to do the same and even greater things. When you read those words, you have to examine yourself and say, all right, if that power is for me to plug into and send out, then what is blocking? If you're not seeing that power alive in your life, what is blocking the power from working in my life? What's blocking me? What's blocking me? Today, we're going to break down some barriers. We're going we're to break down some things that are holding you back. I believe that this month is going to be a month. You're going to see some crazy miracles happen in your life. You're going to see God use you in a mighty way. In James chapter 5, verse 13, it's actually, if you want to write it down, it's James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. 
But I want to hone in on verse 16. He starts off, you know, in verse 13, he says, if anyone is among you is trouble, let him pray, happy, sing songs of praise. Anyone among you sick, call the elders. So he gives you like this, this what to do in the midst of, okay? But verse 16, I want to hone in because this is the position and posture of power. This is the place where we have to stay as Christ followers if we want the, the power to work in us. In verse 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, notice how he correlates, and, and, and Jesus does this a few times, where he correlates sick, uh, healing and power of prayer with the confession of sins. In, in, a place, in a place where the power is moving is directly connected to some of the things that we allow in our lives. They will be blocking it. And the next part, he says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, this word righteous literally means to be caught up in the righteousness of God. It means to be aligned with the rightness of God. So when you come into a right relationship with Jesus... You know, do you remember the day that you gave your heart to God? Maybe some of you haven't yet. Maybe you're on that journey. But for those of you who have, you remember the moment, right? When you you accepted Jesus into your life and he forgave you of all your sins. And then you come into a new, become a new creation where now all the old things that you used to love and go after, now he is your pursuit. Now along the way, things can creep back in. Maybe, Maybe you've gotten caught up in the things of your past. Or maybe you've getting, gotten your focus off of God. I know this is a, a, a big one for a lot of us is that we get our focus off of looking at him. Because as soon as you get your focus off of him, you get your focus on other things. And now the clarity of Christ becomes fuzzy and the things of this world become clear. And that's the reality we sit in is that we, we, now we focus on, well, it, I don't see any power and I don't see any effect, so it must be good vibes that we send. So now we got to be a good church that does good so people can see the love of Christ. But really, the effective church is the church full of power. The, effect, the effective church that's praying powerful prayers that are being answered, those that are affecting their world every day, and not just at church, not just when we bring people to church, but everywhere you go. When you're at your job and someone says, I'm, I'm feeling sick, hey, let's pray right now. And you release that healing and something happens and takes place that you can't explain or they, or you can't explain it. They can't explain it any other way than God moved on their behalf. When that happens, that's an effective church. But he says, therefore, confess your sins. So there's this, there's this place of becoming righteous before God as we have to lose the sins of our, of our past, of our human nature. And I want to ask you today to search yourself. Search yourself. Search yourself. What are the things that are blocking you from experiencing the power of God? I was praying over today. I was just praying, Holy Spirit, come and move. Holy Spirit, come and whisper and tap on our shoulders. Because I know there are some in this room that God wants to raise up as revivalists. He wants to raise you up as mighty men and women of God. You're going to be a mighty husband in your house. You're going to be a mighty wife. You're going to be a mother of that child. 
You're going to be an incredible college student. You're going to be one that changes things, changes things and shapes things. But it's in the power of God moving on your life and tapping and cutting away the things that hold you back from becoming the powerful, effective ones who are transforming their world. You see, the public miracle comes from the private pursuit. The public miracle comes from the private pursuit. When you're alone with God and you're, you're, you're in that place of surrender and you say, Christ, search me, know my ways, know my heart, just like David prayed. He prayed, he prayed these prayers that the Holy Spirit would search him to cut away the things that were not of Christ. What was he doing? He was aligning himself with the righteousness of God because it's in that place that we have effective prayers to be caught up in the righteousness of Christ. See, there's a crossroads where you have to make the decision. Are you all in or are you all out? You say, Elijah, that's very, wow, pastor, that's, that's very harsh and very, you know, because today we don't want to talk like that, do we? <laughs> we don't want to make lines in the sand. I mean, yes, if things don't go our way, we want to, you know, push the cancel button because that's, it's just, it's easy. But we don't want to draw the line to say, in order to follow Christ, you must lay down everything. We don't want to talk like that. But when Jesus came, he said, in order to gain life, you got to lose it. In order to follow me, you got to pick up the thing you're willing to die on. He said, it's, you're either all in or all out. In fact, he even talked about the end time. And those that were kind of in the middle saying, oh, I'll kind of give my heart to God. I'll kind of give my life to God, but I got a lot of things on the side and all this stuff. He said, actually, I'll spit you out of my mouth. It makes me sick. That's how the Lord speaks of those who are lukewarm. And so I ask you today, what are the things that are causing you to, be, to, get, to not be all in? What are the things that are holding you back from becoming all in for Christ? To say, enough's enough of the past. I'm ready to step into power where I'm releasing kingdom vibes everywhere I go. I'm releasing miracles, signs, and wonders with what I have inside of me. Christ said, the power that is at work within us. See, Jesus took the sin upon himself. He had to die on the cross. There was no other way. And God knew that. He sent his one and only son to take on the sin of man so that we could take on the righteousness of Christ. You don't have to deal with the sin anymore. You don't have to live in a life of wishy-washy, back and forth, feeling guilty. You can live in a life of power and authority, and it comes from being in the righteousness of Christ. How many are ready to lay down all the things that hinder you from becoming all Christ wants you to be? And this is everything. I mean, this is mindsets. This is doubt. This is unbelief. When we come into Christ and we get close to him, he also strips the things that keep us back from total belief, all in thinking. Once to say, Christ, you will move. You will do what you've, you've said you do. Like we said today, you're a man of your word. And I stand on that word. I stand on that word. Psalm 24, verse three through six. It says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? In verse four, here's the answer. 
the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol. You say, well, idols are old school. No, actually, idols are new school. Idols are today. We actually have big stadiums and monuments built around idols today. We have big places where we gather to come and worship idols. It's just different today. It's not wooden images. We don't carve them out, make them gold, and, and say, this is my idol. You, know, you don't have a place in your, your house where you have your idols all set up. But it's a, it's a heart condition where we place something higher than God. That's what an idol is. If anything in your life is higher than God, it's an idol. It's before him. And he says, the one who has clean hands, a pure heart, a pure heart who does not trust in an idol or swear by false God, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek his face, God of Jacob. Man, I believe that God is raising up a generation of seekers, those who are seeking his face, who are pursuing him, becoming more madly in love with Christ. Because let me tell you this. Let me tell you a little secret. You say, how do you get the fire? How do you, how do you get that, that passion for him? Get close to him. Create margin where you get in his presence and you just sit. Lauren had a great challenge for our team today to get in his presence and actually put down the thoughts of your humanness, the thoughts of your schedule, the thoughts of everything we have going on in our world today. We have so much going on. But we are challenged, get in his presence and sit and meditate on him. Focus in on him. Get his face in your eyes. Get his face in your vision so that you can get him clear. Because what happens in that, here's the secret. What happens is when you get close to him and you see him clear, all of a sudden, everything in the world becomes faded and jaded and you don't even want it. You start to desire more of him. We start to encounter him and feel his presence. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. I remember the first time I ever felt the Holy Spirit. I was in college, and actually, no, no, no. That was, that was a major encounter. Before that, let me take you a little further back. Before that, when I was 12 years old, we were in a revival meeting, and I was down at the front. I just wanted God. I wanted God with all my heart. I don't know what, what I'm just watching my parents, watching my uncle. He was a missionary in Indonesia. Watching these, these amazing faith warriors, I wanted more of him. And so I remember going to the altar and just praying, 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 and God moved. His Holy Spirit moved on my life, and I, I fell to the ground, and I felt the Holy Spirit all throughout my body. I mean, it was crazy. You can't explain it any other way. I was just, I was shaking. It was, it was, the power was running through my, my veins. And I remember from that moment on, I was like, I want more of that. Let me tell you, when you encounter Christ, there's nothing that can ever compare to it. When you encounter his real tangible presence, and I'm, I'm going to pray that today, that you feel that. If you've never felt that today, today's your day for that barrier to be broken. If there's something in your life that's blocking you from experiencing Christ, today we're going to take care of it. Why? Because God has called you to send kingdom vibes, to be effective in your world. That when we go places, we affect it for Jesus Christ. But he points out in Psalms, David said, hey, listen, who can ascend the Lord of the hill of the Lord, who can come into his presence? Those with clean hands. Those with clean hands. See, sometimes we trade, we trade. And so we have this, we have this resource, if you would, right? And we go through life and in our bag of resource is what we give out as solutions to everyone around us. And so you have past experience, you have everything in here that we're gonna use in order to affect 
And a lot of times as Christians, we come into Christ and maybe, maybe you heard, I don't know, maybe you heard like a watered down message and it's just like, come to Christ and he'll just take care of everything and just keep serving, keep doing what you're doing. Maybe you, you never told, hey, listen, you have to lay down those things of the past. I mean, yes, he forgives you, yes, but it's our job to now come in and cleanse ourselves of the latter, to come in and say, Christ, help me deal with this. Help me to overcome this because you overcame the world. So I can't, I can't worship you and stay here and stay in sin. I can't do it. It, can't, it doesn't work that way. And what happens is when we do that, we come in to pray for people. So let's say, you know, you have someone that's, that's really wanting a healing in their life. But you've traded the power of God for pleasure. So all you can offer is something that you've experienced in the past. And it's not much. You're like, all right, what else do I got in here? And some of us, we, we trade miracles for material items. It's like, man, I'll, I'll pray for you, brother. I'll pray for you, sister. I'll, I'll pray for you. And, and I know that I have some things in my life too. And, and the problem with these things is they don't last. Pleasure fades. Material items, they break. They get rusty. You always need more. How many know? I'm caught in the cycle of always needing more. And sometimes we trade signs for sickness sickness that leads to death or we trade kingdom for knowledge because we got to gain all the knowledge that we can it's not bad but when you trade kingdom for knowledge you actually trade power you be the smartest christian ever knowing all the scriptures knowing everything about jesus and god and the bible and all that but if you trade that knowledge for the kingdom his reality you actually trade it you trade the power you trade faith for fiction. This is a big one. And I want to hit on this just for a second because I believe we're living in a world that's trying to numb us to the supernatural power of Christ. It's trying to numb our children to power, to real power. It's trying to numb us to what's reality. I mean, you, you think about all of the movies out right now. They're either superheroes or some demonic something or other. It's crazy. And when you look at the music and the movies and all the things, and not that they're bad, I love movies. I'm a filmmaker. I love movies. I love seeing how they're written and how they're, they're performed. But you have to look through and be wise as serpents, right? To be wise as serpents, to look and say, what is affecting my faith? Because when you trade these things, you're literally handing in your power See, Christ, he wants to give you the power. He wants to give you miracles. He wants to give you signs. He wants to give you kingdom. And he wants to give you faith. But the problem is that when we settle, when we settle for the other things, we actually take on the other things to hand out, and we become Christians of false hope. Become Christians that were sending out good vibes. Good vibes. Hey, listen, I watched a movie one time, and God is good. God is good all the time, and it'll turn around. You just send out good karma, send out good vibes, it'll come around to you. And you just proclaim this, and you're like, I acknowledge, you have all this knowledge of like how God works, but you've never seen it alive in your life. So you traded, you've traded the kingdom for knowledge. And God says, hey, give this to me. And here's what is going to happen today. 
is you're going to step into a place of saying, God, here you go. I'm done. I'm done having just knowledge. I'm done having uh, uh, actually settling in the place where I just know about you. I'm tired of being in the place of fiction where it's all just this fairy tale that I talk about, but I don't experience. And Christ, here's what he does, is when you give him this, you say, God, clean my hands, purify my heart. Help me come to a place. He says, all right, I'm gonna give you faith. And all of a sudden, faith becomes your resource because you see him alive in your life. He says, I'm gonna give you kingdom. When you lay down the knowledge and say, God, I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know how you're going to show up. I don't know beyond what I know, but I'm going to have faith. You know what comes? Kingdom reality in your life. Why? Because you're not settling on your own abilities. You're not settling on your own knowledge. You can't think your way out of it. You have to rely on God. When the, when the doctors came in and told me my wife was going to die and I need to say goodbye, at that moment, my knowledge said, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose my wife. It was in that place. I had to trade knowledge for kingdom. I had to say, God, I don't know how you're going to show up, but I need you. I don't know how you're going to do this, but God, I'm not settling for knowledge. I'm not settling for fiction. I need faith. I stand in the gap. He says, I'll give you signs. Did you know that miracles, signs, and wonders follow those who believe? Those who believe. He says, I'll give that to you as a resource, and I'll give you power if you give up the pleasure. See, the pleasure is so fading. And in our minds, sometimes we think, oh, it's just a little bit. Oh, it's just a little compromise. Oh, it's just a little something. It's nothing much. I can imagine if I came to my wife and I was like, hey, babe, listen, I know we in love and all, but I got this girl on the side and it's just a little bit. It's nothing much. It's just a little. Y'all see her face? I can't see her face with the things. Can you imagine what would happen to our relationship? I was like, babe, listen, it's just a little date. It's just a little hand holding. It's nothing much. It was just once in a while. But you're still my boo. We still tight. I mean, you're my main thing. It's just these little, you know, little chicas on the side. Can you imagine what would happen to our trust, our intimacy? Can you imagine what would happen to our connection? It'd be gone. And that's sometimes how we come to God. We're like, hey, God, you are my main thing. Except for this little something right here. I mean, God, it's just a little something. It's not a lot. It's just a little bit. He says, no, no, no. Get rid of all things. I want to become your main lover. I want to become one who is married and tied to you. When that intimacy happens, now the trust, the faith, the power, the kingdom is alive in your life. And now you walk in a new boldness, a new faith, a new kingdom reality where he is your provider. He is your source. And now you walk around with a resource that transforms everywhere you go. Now you come into sickness. Oh, I got a sign for that. Hold on. Now you come into uh, someone dealing with marriage issues. Hold on, hold on. I got something for that. I got kingdom reality for that one. Believe me, I know. It's beyond your knowledge. 
I know it's beyond what you can do right now, but I got something more because God has resourced me. And this is what God wants to do in you. This is God, what God wants to do in your life. He wants to give you kingdom reality. But you have to guard it. I close with this scripture in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subject to violence and violent people have been raiding it. What he's actually talking about here is that the kingdom had been subject to violent people trying to kill it and destroy it. And he was given a warning that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven lay subject to violence. Meaning, what's inside of you and what God wants to do in you has to be guarded. It takes force. It takes someone standing up and saying, not on my watch, not in my house. And I know that today, God wants to encounter you in a real way, in a new way. Because I believe this month is gonna be a month of purity for you. I believe that this month is gonna be a month of true intimacy with Jesus. Some of you have never encountered the, the tangible presence of God. You've never felt Holy Spirit and you're gonna feel him this month. We're gonna get right. We're gonna get back to the, the basics of coming into a place of power. And before we talk about every other thing that we're gonna be releasing in our houses and releasing on our kids and releasing in our workspaces, before we ever get to that, today we have to set the foundation and we have to trade in for the power. Are you ready to break those barriers? Are you ready to come into a space where he is king? See, the kingdom vibes only come from having him as the king, the resource with all the power and authority. He has to be the one on the throne. I want to give a couple calls today because I believe there's some in this room that you need to get right with Jesus. You need to get right before him. You need to come in and you need to confess. You say, Christ, help me overcome these things. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, he's the same way as I am with my kids. If they come into me with a need, I am ready to provide. He is there to give you everything you need. And right now it can look overwhelming. Right now it can look difficult. In fact, it can look downright impossible. But when you come to Jesus and he fills you with the power, he fills you with the fire, it burns away desire. And you come into a space of chasing after who he is, who he is the place of righteousness. Everybody close your eyes and bow your heads. I wanna just give a call to all of you in the room. You say, today, pastor, I want to get right with Jesus. I wanna make him the Lord and King of my life. Maybe you, you've come to him before and you, you've received Jesus as your Lord, but today you just need to get right. You need him to clean your mind, clean your heart. You need to come into a space where he cleans your hands. He washes away all of the doubt, all the thoughts, all the sin, all the things that you've gotten into and dirty up your house and your temple. 
Christ wants to come in and be the Lord. He wants to come in and be the one true lover, the one and only that you pursue. That's you today. Would you just slip a hand? No one looking around, just you. Just say, yeah, I need to acknowledge that today. Say, yes, Christ, I need to get right with you. I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with you. Yeah, put it right down. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you, your barrier, when you wrote down what is blocking me from experiencing the power of God, and we went through these things, you say, you know what? My barrier is knowledge. I have too much knowledge. I think too much about what is wrong in the world and what could go wrong, and I have past experience that have built those things of knowledge in my life. So I rely a lot on that. Today, I need to lay that down. Can you just lift up your hand and say, Lord, that's me. I need to lay that down today. I need to lay that, that doubt There's some in this room, you're dealing with unforgiveness. Man, you have unforgiveness towards somebody. And today, God wants to help you get out of that prison and into a place of freedom. Let me tell you, unforgiveness is a place of bondage and prison. And Christ wants to free you so that you can come into a place of power. You can come into a place where Christ is moving in and through your life. But you can't do it, sir. You can't do it with that unforgiveness. You can't do it with that bitterness. You can't do it with that malice and anger out of your life. You have to come into a space of forgiveness. Let Christ work in your life. Let Christ move in you. That's you. Just lift up your hand and say, God, I need you. I need, I need your help to forgive today. I need to release those that I've kept in my heart and bitterness. Come on, you need to get right with Christ today. Hallelujah. 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 There's some of you that have had other lovers on the side, and you've come to Jesus, and you've made him the King and Lord, but man, you have so many things in your life that you turn to constantly. You have idols that are on the place of God. Today, it's time to get right. If you just surrender that to God right now, say, God, I lay that down. I lay down that idol of perfection. I lay down that idol of being right. I lay down that idol. The thing I'm going after, maybe it's your businesses, has become the idol in your life. Maybe it's your, the perfect family you're striving for. Whatever it is, you've placed it on. More money, more, a better job. And you place that thing above God. He is not the, the first thing you seek. It's other things, and you need to lay that down today. Hey, today we're going to get right. We're going to get right. If everybody could stand across this room, we're going to spend a time in the presence of God and worshiping Him. And I want to pray for every single person here to encounter the tangible presence of God. If you're hungry for God, would you just lift up your hands right now and just get in a posture of, of seeking and pursuing Him right in this space. I believe this moment, the Spirit of God's going to move throughout this space and touch your heart. He's going to minister to your spirit. He's going to lift you up to a new place of faith and intimacy with Him. But it comes from the encounter. It comes from the pursuit. Come on, can we lift our hands and just go after Him right now? Hallelujah, Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. I pray that right now your spirit would move throughout this space. God, I thank you for every single individual in this room that is coming after your presence, that wants more of you. God, I pray that right now they would feel the encounter of God. They feel the tangible presence of the Almighty. Holy Spirit, move throughout this space right now. Move throughout this space. Hallelujah. Come on, if you want more of him, just 
press in. Press in right now. Say, Lord, I need more. I want more. I want more. Hallelujah, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you'd break those barriers. If you need to confess right now, I want you to just do that. Have a time of confession with the Lord. Say, Lord, here's the thing that I've held before you. Here's the thing. And then bring it to the light. Come on, today, we're, we're overcoming the enemy. The enemy wants you to stay in that place of secrecy. The enemy wants you to stay in that place of doubt, that place of knowledge, and that place of, of fiction. But today, Christ is going to break you out, sir. Christ is going to break you out, ma'am. This is your time. God wants to bring you into a new space of faith. A new space where you are in the light, transparent for all to see. Where you're not sending good vibes. You're sending kingdom vibes that are transforming the world. Hallelujah. God, we reveal everything. You know it all anyways, God. We place it on our tongue, God. Won't you forgive? Won't you release from bondage, God? Take us to a new level of understanding. A new level of encounter with you, God. That we may become righteous caught up in the righteousness of Christ. Hallelujah. Man, I feel chains breaking right now. Chains of addiction, I feel them breaking right now. Chains of bondage. Man, those that have been struggling with pornography, those chains are breaking today, sir. Those chains are breaking today. No more going back. Those chains of lies, the addiction to lie, to get right, right now, they're breaking off in Jesus' name. That addiction to alcoholism right now, breaking off in Jesus' name. You've been caught up in drugs. You've been getting the wrong things right now. In Jesus' name, they're breaking off. Those of you that are streaming in right now, God is breaking those chains. He's breaking that addiction, that habit. You're going to become addicted to his presence. You're going to be addicted to the power in your life. Hallelujah. Right now, God, come throughout this space. Move in our hearts. Break us out of the bondage of sin in that place of righteousness to be right standing with you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. 